Hey, I've been better listeners. It's your host, Susan Youngstead, and it is officially 2022. And this year, we are bringing you season five of I've Been Better. If you're new here, I've Been Better is a podcast where we turn on the mic for others to share their stories with the world. We are excited to continue to bring you real stories from real people, and we hope to continue to inspire vulnerability this year. Cheers to season five. I am so angry. Not at anything in particular. I'm just angry at the situation. Like, I have no other way to process how mind-boggling it is that we are in this same situation two years in a row. Um, And at the time that we need family support. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead, and I'm so excited for y'all to hear from our guest today. She's been a long-awaited guest and a really close friend of mine over the last year or so. But before we get into that, um, it is January-ish when this episode's coming out of 2022, so just sending lots of love and light and strength for this upcoming year. I can imagine it's been a rough time for people with everything going on, so just want Want to send that out there into the woodwork. Um, if you are new to this podcast, welcome. I've Been Better is a podcast where we turn on the mic for others to share their stories, and we hope that you are enjoying it so far. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcast if you are listening there. I also had or read something that said Spotify will now start having people rate, review, subscribe as well. I think, of course, you can subscribe on Spotify, but I think you can rate and review in the near future on Spotify. So if you can, do that too. And we are soon to be on Pandora. So please find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. But let's go ahead and get started. Um, Today, we have a wonderful guest, Brooke Wagner. Welcome, Brooke. Um, Brooke is an accidental business owner from Virginia. She has her undergrad in zoology and a master's in business. She enjoys upholstery on the side. She is really good at crafts, and she's a soon-to-be DIYer for home (laughs) stuff. But she always finds a way to make things or create things and we go to her sometimes for advice on how things should look like we did a what did we do we did a white elephant and Brooke made her gift for everyone Uh which I thought was super cute Um, she has a wonderful poodle named Gustav who we call Goose or Gus he's super super cute and then her husband Will hi Will she is a nomad and has never lived in the same place for very long since she was 17 and also has some history being a camp counselor so welcome, thanks. Brooke. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm oh, excited yeah. to do this. I and mean, a member I, of uh, DPC. We yes, should probably and a member mention of DPC. that too. Yeah. yeah. For any um, long listeners of the podcast since we've started, DPC stands for Dead Parents Club. Mm-hmm. So Brooke is also a member of that. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah. thank you. I'm so glad you're excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, like I've heard about it for months now. Well, I guess since you started it and since being part of DPC and so, yeah, yeah, excited to be a part. I remember, so y'all Brooke got married in October of 2021 and I remember we were at the brewery the night before your wedding Mm -hmm. and you were introducing us to, you know, how that works out when you have like the night before wedding and sometimes you all go out and get together and if whatever friend group you're a part of, whether it's like the childhood friends, the high school friends, and then you get to meet the other friends that have become a part of your, your friend's life. And so we go meet. They're high school friends, childhood friends. 
the people that we were sitting at the table with uh, of my friends yeah uh, they were friends from after undergrad okay from so they diff- weren't like super well, super young. undergrad yeah no none of my none of my childhood friends were there but it was we're yeah. better than them <laughs> um but i remember brooke was like and this is susan and she has a podcast and it was the sweetest uh-huh. thing and so we started talking about the podcast i was like brooke you need to be on the podcast and you're like oh yeah i guess so i know i'm glad we were able to fit it in um before me and my husband moved to Pittsburgh in yes. seven days. Yes, I know. I'm so sad. Yeah. Uh, Brooke decided to surprise us. So we have a monthly DPC meeting that I may have talked about before on this podcast with some guests. And Brooke told us at our last meeting in December or no, November. When was this? It it, it, it must have been November. It must have been November yeah, that there had I been a remember. decision made that y'all were going to be moving to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so it was very sad. Yeah, drop that bomb on the meeting. Be sorry. We're processing for us. Um, but no, it's very exciting. It sounds like it's been a little bit of a roller coaster, which I think we'll hear more about today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tell us, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so um, like Susan said, I'm an accidental business owner, sort of. Uh, had a had a situation happen uh, this year, which again, maybe we'll talk about more, but uh, my my dad died. Uh, he was a business owner, and uh, after he died, then I took over his business. I, I started a business from the ground up with my brother, but it is identical to what my dad did but with the situations it was just easier to start a business business from scratch yeah maybe maybe uh, if we have time to even fit that in we can but if not we'll have to talk about it (laughs) because many people are starting their own businesses Mm -hmm. nowadays and so you you might think it'd be easy like oh you know like if a parent dies or passes away you'd think like oh they'll just transfer a business to you and you're like no that's actually not the easiest thing to do sometimes sometimes you need to go incorporate yourself and then just take over said business Mm mm-hmm Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, that has kept me very busy and continues to keep me busy right now. We're in our peak season and and during a pandemic of all things to like take over a business. Right. And what, what's the business again? So, uh, my brother and I run a staffing agency for the transportation industry. So we hire truck drivers and truck helpers to fulfill different contracts, delivering to different locations. So literal essential workers right now. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Right now we only have, um, we only have one contract, but our New Year's resolution is is to get uh, two or three new contracts next year, awesome. so that this uh, this can be a, a truly viable business. You know, you, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, so no. gotta gotta spread our wings and get out there and find some find some other opportunities. Yeah, well, and I think it's also amazing too that, like you said, you and your brother came together together to do this but again you identify as a female you are a woman mm-hmm. and so this is a female-owned business at the end of the day yeah and actually my um my brother and i are super super close um especially now owning the business we talk on the phone probably a dozen times a day yeah. um he knows everything that i'm going through i know everything he's going through uh personally and then obviously with the business and so when we started this together he was uh he was really phenomenal in saying um, that we want this to truly be a female-run business. So actually, like, the percentage split is a little bit more in my favor. So then if we're applying for contracts and things like that, we can say that this is truly a female-run yeah. business. Um, I uh, Does that mean more responsibility for you? Um, it, 
it, it meant it meant a little bit more responsibility when we got it started. My brother had a career position that he was in for a decade yeah. when um, when our dad died, and so he needed he needed about six months to to figure out if this was the jump he wanted to make, if it was something that made sense for him and his family um, financially and in terms of like a career change, and and he he wanted to make it happen. So. Uh, so, but it, it it took about six months yeah. for that to happen. So I started most of it by myself with him as a consultant. He worked a, a couple couple hours a week, and and he would help talk me through things because he he has made a career in the transportation industry. There you go. So uh, that's so helpful. He, yeah. So he helped more as a consultant in the first couple of months, and then and then transitioned over. Right now, it's it's equal it's equal split um, in terms of responsibility, but we have very different responsibilities. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, yeah. it sounds quite large. You know, like maybe small in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, mm-hmm. running a transportation company in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. where there's deliveries and delays and supply chain, and now COVID. You were just telling me before we started that you were dealing with calls this morning of employees that are. Being, that are testing positive for COVID mm-hmm. and now they have to quarantine and anyone they've come in contact with has to quarantine and what that does to the supply chain issues that we already have. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, and then, so yes, accidental business owner mm-hmm. due to dad. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little, what else? You're packing. You're getting ready to move. Yep. Packing, getting yes. ready to move. Um, we had put in an offer on a house and that didn't end up working out. We we canceled our offer, terminated our offer. And so, and we're first time home buyers. So we're going through that whole phase yep. of life right, Fun. life right now, uh, which is stressful, but also exciting. It, it's nice when you mention it to people for the first time and they get as excited as you are. Buying a house is a big deal. So it's really <sighs> cool to mention that to people and for them to just say congratulations yep. that is God, great yeah, yeah. Well, especially in today's world right buying a house mm-hmm. is a huge accomplishment yeah um i love that the, have you seen that meme or i keep calling things memes or gifts i don't even know what they are anymore um but that little pictures of like tweets that people put on the internet and it was a picture of a news article or a what something some sort of article that said like millennials are now deciding to buy homes with their friends instead of opting to buy and it's like no no no, let's redo the article it's that we literally can't afford to buy homes by ourselves so we're buying homes with our friends that's what that is so it is amazing it's a wonderful feat and so you know true signature to you right we mentioned um at the top of this episode that you're a nomad so again Mm -hmm. being a nomad Mm -hmm. of moving around yeah so what's been your history with that you know share a little bit about yourself you're from virginia Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so I'm from Virginia. Um, I went to NC State as um, as an undergraduate. I was 17 when I started undergrad, so I was a little bit on the younger side. And then uh, within undergrad, I moved around a lot. Like I was never in the same the same dorm or the same apartment every year. Oh my god, yeah, and I then, never stayed anywhere for longer than a year yeah, until yeah. grad school, and yeah. then I lived somewhere. Yeah, and then I and then I spent the summers um, traveling a lot. Uh, I did a, a couple of uh, like work study kind of things because yeah. my, my undergrad was in zoology. So I did a couple of programs uh, working with different animals That's so across cool. the world. Um, yeah. What was your favorite? Um, well, I did, I did two in different countries with animals specifically. I um, 
did a summer in Thailand with elephants, <gasps> and then I did a summer in China working with giant pandas. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like people's dreams. People yeah. are probably so jealous right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Or envious. Incredible. Jealousy yeah. is the one with the negative connotation, so envious, I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're like we don't know. So, it's fine. Sometimes I'm envious of my own life. Right. You're like, God, can <laughs> like, I go back to I being 22 yeah. and doing those fun right. things? Right. Yeah. What led you to want to do zoology? Because you're not working with animals. No. I, I now I watched a lot of Jeff Corwin, and like I really I I've always been a caretaker, or I like caretaking. And um, do you know your enneagram? My anagram. Oh no, you've asked me this before. No, I don't Damn know it. it. I need. I need. All right, to, we're gonna like slide that in later. Yeah. <laughs> make you find out. Yeah. Um, and then I and, then, and I also like adventure. So I think that working with exotic animals always just really appealed to me. And I like traveling. And I am a nomad, and I like to move around and try a bunch of different things. And yeah. it just seemed to fit. I did work with animals after. After undergrad, um, I worked at the at the Science Museum in Raleigh. Oh yeah, uh, for their animal collections there. So they have this enormous room in the back that has all of their their living collections, like their living educational uh-huh. collections. Um, and so I was I was the sole caretaker That's of amazing. all of the I don't know three hundred plus animals that oh were in there. Gosh. I mean, probably more because there's like like lizards and insects and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh, all different things. That's amazing. Um, and then I went to Alaska. For a season. Um, well, before that, I went to Utah for a season. I led a, a teen tour, a teen volunteer tour at a animal sanctuary out in Utah. And then then I went to Alaska for a season. That's so at cool. A, at a salmon hatchery. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. The, the salmon hatchery is probably my favorite. I just love that. That has to be so cool. Being in Alaska. Should we eat salmon? Uh I I don't eat fish or seafood like period. I don't I don't eat any of it, but I mean I think it's a it's a personal decision. Um there I, I don't know. Brooke's like I did I, not I sign up like for to, this conversation. I don't, like, I don't like to like put like push things on people. I just like to, What did you see? Do you feel like we should eat education. the salmon from there? Uh well the the salmon populations are being decimated. So yeah. um but so is all like fishing any period kind of, yeah yeah water water living creature right. that we eat yeah <laughs> right so um so so that that's personally why i haven't eaten seafood that's so in, cool i don't know over a decade i mean I, I think there's 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 been three occasions i think where i ate seafood i was you know i was in a different country and that was the only thing available, you have so no like, choice whatever. yeah literally yeah. um that's really awesome though yeah so, and then after that, MBA. And then after that, after that was when I um, I went back and forth between Vermont and Maine for about when I, maybe three years. And then I did my MBA in Virginia. And then during the summers, I went back up to Maine. I was a camp director for about eight summers, um, six at a camp in Maine, and then two. Uh, I had a full time job at a at a corporate. Uh, how do you describe it? Like student leadership, yeah, yeah. summer program offerings, all sorts of stuff. A lot of I it was career can, development and yeah. and things for all different subjects and students, kind of all across the spectrum. That's so cool. Yeah. So then I so for that I lived in D.C. Um, and then did that leading up to I worked at that corporate job leading up to the pandemic, and then. Here we are. And then, yeah, here we are. 
Yeah. <laughs> a few things happened in the past two years. But, yeah. uh, more than a few, right, yeah. that have led you to where we are. But yeah, yeah, like you said, your life has been, you truly have been so many places in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's funny, too, that we didn't cross paths, paths? That's not a word. <laughs> paths in undergrad very much, right? right? But when we're a couple years apart, so we didn't cross paths, mm-hmm. which is odd, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've all talked about, especially on this podcast, how small this world yeah. is, y'all, when we Same talk about... Will, my husband. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Will yeah. went to school. And I, like, didn't... Yeah. I I bet you, as someone who worked at the gym at NC State, I had to have laid eyes on Will, and I just don't know it right. at the time. And then you went to the gym often, I'm sure, as an yeah, undergrad. The, yeah. So I'm sure I laid eyes on people, and oops, we saw so many people, right, that we mm-hmm. didn't even think about it. But so, yeah, Brooke and I actually didn't become friends until this last probably year and a half Mm -hmm. of our lives. Brooke and I have been on the trip to Puerto Rico that maybe we've talked about before on this podcast and um, have grown closer over the last year due to life circumstances. Mm -hmm. However, we really had not interacted very much. And then when when were you back here? So I moved from from D.C. to Chapel Hill in 2018. And... Uh, because my husband, my then boyfriend, was uh, finishing out his PhD program, yep. so I moved to be close to him. And then we moved here to Raleigh in twenty twenty January of this year. So we haven't even been here. Oh my here god, that's a year. right. So yeah, <gasps> I don't so even know what year kn- it is anymore. Yeah, so we we knew of each other, but it wasn't until Will and I were able to be geographically closer. Yep. to everybody that we started hanging out, and that's so true. Getting to know each other. Yeah, we were, yeah. Brooke and I were talking about New Year's Eve um, because we are in a very tight-knit circle that I think stays pretty safe. And so we feel we feel good enough about seeing each other on New Year's. And we were saying, oh, like two years ago, right before the pandemic was the last time we all saw each other on New Year's. Right. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Back again. Mm-hmm. Hi, um, Yeah. So, you know, speaking of the last couple years, you've been talking about how, you know, you had a lot going on. You were working this corporate it's not just a summer camp. It was a corporate camp, student leadership program, mm-hmm. job. The pandemic hits. You move back to be closer to Will. Will's yeah. still in school. And then it sounds like it's just been, I don't want to necessarily call it a downward spiral, but it's been chaos. Yeah, it's been, I've been trying to figure out how to really, I don't know, phrase it, put it all up into how do you put an, in a nice little box? To, an easy yeah. package to digest or to tell people, hey, this is what I've gone through and this is the emotions that I'm feeling or the stress or the anxiety or what have you. I mean, the past two years have involved some of the lowest lows, but also some of the highest highs. Like, I got engaged. Will and I got married. Um we got a puppy, which is sometimes a really high <laughs> high and sometimes a very, very low low. Um, but, you know, so so th- it's more of, like what you said, it's more of chaos and it's, it's, it's just so much stimulation happening that I just don't, I feel like in two years I haven't had a chance to catch my breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And there still is kind of no end in sight. Like, I can't wait until I just have six months just to live day to day. Like, I don't want anything extraordinary to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I I just want to kind of live and exist. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. just not have 
some, yeah, some extraordinary thing happen, um, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, because good things also bring out different kinds of emotions that sometimes can be hard to process or yeah. then. It's exhausting. Yeah. It just, it, yeah, it's just, you exhausting. still have to exert energy. Yeah. An emotion, like you said, towards something that is on the good or bad spectrum, no matter what it is. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we were, so when we were talking about kind of what I thought maybe I would talk about today on this, uh, it, it all, it all kind of culminated with, uh, a week ago, the day before, uh, Christmas Eve, I'm trying to get plans together to see family. I know my family's trying to get plans together. My, um, my husband's family is in Asheville and because we're moving to Pittsburgh soon, um, we had made the decision that we were definitely going to to split for this this final uh, holiday that we were going to be closer to our families and so that we could see our families one last time before we go to Pittsburgh and we're just not really sure when we're going to see them next. Well, yeah. I mean, life's so unpredictable, right. right? And when you're closer, of course, you're going to see people more, right? So you're like, okay, well, you go spend time with your family and mm-hmm. then your, your closest family is in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have like any kids in the picture or anything like that. It was it was no big deal for us to for us to split apart. Yeah. Um, then my sister in law tested positive for uh, COVID, and um, so she had to quarantine. And my brother and sister in law have a two year old, and so he cannot be vaccinated. And my brother is vaccinated and boosted, but then is exposed. So there's just there was just so much unknown it was and so stress. Much, yeah, right. it was so much unknown, so much stress. But then also right during. Christmas. And so I was trying to wrap my head around. I have been traveling so much recently. I don't really want to pack my bag and go. I I am feeling more stress by fulfilling the expectations of what is needed from me as a family member during the holidays than happiness of feeling good traveling and being home. And so um, I I had called my mom or she had called me either way. And um, we were trying to figure out dinner plans. And and I can't remember if she asked me if I was okay, or I, I think she just asked me, she was like, well, what are you what are you thinking? What's what are you thinking? And I just like I just like burst out into tears. I'm like, I am I am anxious. I am stressed. I don't want to travel. I just want to be home. And um and so it yeah, so it led to me spending my very first Christmas by myself in my apartment. I didn't talk to anybody. I just took my dog on walks. I started packing things up and it was exactly what I needed. Um, bigger picture is also, um, so my dad last year, um, my dad last year, um, on December 26th was admitted to the hospital for COVID. And so last year we did not get to have Christmas. And so it was also this year, my brother and I were talking and and having to quarantine again and not see family during the year anniversary of 
my dad getting admitted to the hospital um, and then eventually dying of COVID. Um, it was just more than any of us could really take and bear. It's like um, a giant slap in the face. Yeah. Yeah. It, my brother and I were chatting and, and, and it, my brother, my mom and I were chatting and we have a group text and my brother and I were just saying like, I am so angry. Not at anything in particular. I'm just angry at the situation. Like I have no other way to process how mind-boggling it is that we are in this same situation two years in a row. Um and at the time that we need family support. And um I know I kind of went the opposite direction in you're like and no by family. <laughs> yeah, like staying by myself, but it truly was just what I needed because I felt like if I went home and it was just me and my mom and my grandma um, and knowing my brother and sister-in-law and my nephew, like, we wouldn't be able to see each other. We wouldn't be able to hang out. Like, it, would, it wouldn't have been Christmas. I feel like it would have just been more of exposure of... Like, the reality is, of what you don't yeah, have. Yeah, it's the exact yeah. same thing we went through last year. So, um... It calls to light what is missing mm-hmm. when you have to go be a part of it and you can't do or see the people that you want to be near, right? You're right. saying, like, yeah, I wanted to go be with my family and I wanted to... This is what we would have done. Mm-hmm. But because we couldn't have the Christmas to sort of create new memories after the death of our dad, mm-hmm. I don't want to go. And right. have to face that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and this now as well coming up on the year anniversary of his death um, to uh, yeah, it's just going to be a, a lot to a lot to process. And and it's just again on top of two years of of. Just the roller coaster of I feel like anything that life could throw at me or at my family, it has it has been done. Um, well, because you're even leaving out Brooke the fact that COVID not only took your dad, right, right, yeah. So I mean, the, yeah. So like the timeline of things are of like how I'm trying to package everything. So I, so Will and I, my then boyfriend, now husband, moved in together in December of 2019, right, as we're hearing about all of the pandemic stuff. Yeah, and I can still vividly remember our Christ- our New Year's Eve yeah, at your place. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, like, we're sharing, we're moving in for the first time with any significant other for the very first time about two months before everything shuts down in March. Um, it ended up being fantastic. He's the best quarantine <laughs> like, And partner. now I want to marry you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and now we're married. Um, and then in April, my grandpa, my dad's dad, was diagnosed with COVID as well. Um, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I mean, a- April was so like early. Height. It was real early, but it was also like the peak of when like it was starting, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think he was one of the first people in in the county where he lived um that would make sense to pass away so yeah so so my grandpa passed away of COVID as well 
And and so that was a lot to deal with because my family, because everybody, nobody has any idea what's going on. My family is dealing with the the death of the patriarch of this side of our family without ever being able to go into the hospital. Like we just get, we get updates and we get calls from a nurse and that's all. Oh, that's and um, so that happened in April, laid off for my job in April. Uh, my job that uh, the one in DC, I was working uh, remotely. Okay. Um, and that, and so I, I got laid off from my job in April trying to find a job in a pandemic is <laughs> atrocious. Yeah. The beginning of a pandemic yeah. where nobody knows what the hell is going on. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I, <laughs> Jasmine sitting right. She said, please, feet. you're crying. I want to come be yeah. with you. <laughs> um, and, so since I lost my job, I uh, had the opportunity to go back to the summer camp where I'd worked in Maine for um, six summers. Uh, while I was there, a, a person at the camp Like a died. camper. A camper. Yeah, a camper died um, at camp during session. For uh, an undo- an undiagnosed medical condition that nobody nobody knew about, um, but that uh, I I I went through trauma experiencing that. I can't imagine. Um, I'd known this camper since they were eight, um, and I think yeah, eight, and so. Yeah, it was it was a lot. I, yeah. I I saw it happen. I was the assistant director of a camp of of the camp, so a lot of responsibility fell on my shoulders to keep it together to make sure that we get through this summer because we're also doing a summer camp, a residential summer camp in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And I'm just going to give myself and everybody else a, pr- a pat on the back because we got through the whole summer without a single case. It's of amazing. Hell yeah. 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 So that was great. Um, but also very stressful. God, yeah. Um, yeah. So death of my grandpa laid off, uh, death of a camper. Um, and, and then just a few months later in December, my dad, um, getting ill, being admitted to the hospital and we're thrown back into this realm that we had experienced with my grandpa as well. Um, And I'm going to like jump back and forth a lot. It's, it's a lot to process and and I still am processing it. I'm still trying to figure out how to talk about it and how to put it into a, digestible story yeah um and so prior to my dad going into the hospital will and i did a road trip for five weeks we did a cross-country road trip and that's when we ended up getting engaged um super super thankful that my dad got to chat with will before he proposed my will called my mom and my dad which was really really special um my parents were divorced, so it was special that he thought to include both of them in that. Um, And so coming back from the road trip, we live in North Carolina. My dad lived in Virginia, and we were 
about a week and a half away from Christmas, I think. And so my dad got admitted to the hospital and died. And I, I, I hadn't seen him since before the road trip. I, he had the RV. He owned the RV. So, like, my last memory of my dad is waving um, as I'm backing out of the driveway, driving the RV away. Um, so, that was also a lot to handle because I had the RV and I was going to return it to him, but then... I just kept thinking to myself, it's like, well, I'm going to be home in a week anyway. So I'll see him for Christmas. Yeah, I'll see him for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And then that never happened. Um, and then on January 11th of this year, he died. Um, and we had to, well, my brother and I quarantined at my dad's house. Um, for a bit after, well, let's see. So my dad was admitted to the hospital on um, December 26th, and I think it was maybe like January 3rd. We got the call, because you're not allowed in the hospital. Um, we got the call that this is your one chance to come into the hospital if you would like to say your goodbyes. Come into the hospital. Um, it was very late at night, and... I was I was here in Raleigh and so Will and I immediately got into the car um I, I I I'll never forget kind of like the noise that I made when my brother told me that he had gotten that call from the hospital like I hear it replay in my head, so I can only imagine uh, the the impact that that left on my brother too. Um, to hear you in distress, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so so we drive up. My car actually breaks down on the way to Virginia. So, <laughs> so you're like, fucking A. Like, what is yeah. happening? So my uncle had to come pick me and Will up, like, right at the Virginia-North Carolina border. Um, so like, can any other barrier happen to get me to my to, dad? Yeah, Seriously. to get me to my dad. Um, and so we're in the hospital, and um, we're all garbed up in our PPE uh, in the... I, don't, I honestly don't even know what ward of the. I can't remember where we were in the hospital. I mean, who there knows? Were so because many, they made everything a COVID ward, right? Who knows where you were? Yeah, I, I can't even remember. Um, so my brother and I spent probably, I don't know, three hours maybe. I, I honestly can't remember. Three hours, four hours, in the ER with my dad hooked up to the ventilator. Um, they said there were options that he might have a chance to live and the chance was about 25%. And so my brother and I said 25% is pretty good. Yeah, we'll so take it. We'll take yeah. it. 25% isn't zero. So yeah, we'll take it. Um, so my dad ended up staying alive for about another five to seven days. I can't remember exactly when we were in the hospital with him. Um, but after that, my brother and I quarantined together at my dad's house. And 
that was weird to say one of the like most special times of my life to be able to spend that kind of quality time with my brother uninterrupted by anything in life i mean again i'm unemployed at this point i have no job (laughs) i have no job um the world is shut down the world is shut down yeah uh my brother took time off of work obviously during this time and so we had nothing to do except for quarantine at my dad's house because it was the place where nobody was and we watched movies and we chatted and and we're grown adults. We're both in our 30s, so it was really special to have that kind of mm-hmm. bonding time together. Um and then yeah, and then and then he and I had to eventually make the decision to pull my dad off of all of the machines. It, the machines were what were keeping him alive. There was uh, multiple organ failure after being on the ventilators. And so we made that decision and um, so thankful for the support of our family during it because his wife, Will, my then fiance, my mom, my grandma were all at my mom's house delivering food to us and calling us and masking up and standing on the porch while we stand inside the doorway so we can chit chat with them and everything. Um, and then also just like the support of my brother. I mean, he just, he immediately took over as the, I don't know, head of the family, I guess. Yeah, seriously. Both, like you said, both the patriarchs, right? Your granddad. Yeah. And then your dad. And so you're your brother, it sounds like, really stepped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made he made all of the phone calls to my dad's siblings and my dad's best friend, and um, yeah, I mean, it was torture hearing him make those phone calls, um, but I I couldn't have done it, and he was really strong through that. Um. And then starts the process of dealing with an estate. My dad was a business owner. He had several different properties. um, And he had his own property. And he was a collector of many things. Motorcycles, watches, artwork. um, (laughs) Like all sorts of fun house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a great house. But that's an estate zone to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It, the people that we had for the estate sale were incredible. It was, a, I mean, it was, but that was like a lot to organize. My dad had closed on a house that he was going to flip while he was in the hospital. Oh my God. So like, like, you know, we had to have uh, a co-signer for it and everything, but the assumption was he was coming out of the hospital. So like, you know, so right. yeah, yeah. So and then you're like, oh my God, I have a new, another house to deal with. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that house that, we flipped just sold a couple weeks ago finally so Yay. We, yeah we finished Hallelujah. flipping it it sold um i can't and, believe and then when i say i can't believe it like i can but i'm saying i can't believe like that you kept it like you kept it and you flipped it and you sold it yeah i mean we just didn't have any other option yeah like it's like what are you going to do right yeah, like you own this house now do. yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> um yeah so we were doing we're doing all of the estate stuff at the same time as creating a business and like 
I, I don't know, nobody tells you how to deal with, with, with planning a funeral, giving out n- like, uh, I don't know, n- notices, like putting oh, notices. Oh, the yeah, death like, certificates. Yeah. yeah. You have to send them to social security office. You have to send them mm-hmm. to any wh- Medicare, Medicaid, any health insurance, mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. I think so many times on this podcast now that death happens to the person that dies but it also happens to the people that are living. Absolutely. And and there needs to be. Unfortunately, like death will come for us all. Mm-hmm. And you will hopefully have people in your life that will end up dealing with your death. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be a better way. Yeah. Like, yeah. y'all already know, like, bereavement leave, don't even get me started. Because <laughs> it's a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we have one of the best people as the executor of the estate um so that probably made it a little easier yeah oh yeah it it made it made it a little easier but it doesn't take the weight of like decision making off off your shoulders um and then you know then will and i moved here and now we're moving to pittsburgh and at the same time Will, my partner, is finishing a PhD program and trying to find a job, and we're trying to figure out where we're going to move, and it's just... Um, it never ends. It just it just never ends. And then now, since we're in another surge of, of cases, running a business in a pandemic, a staffing agency in a pandemic is... A shit show? Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. Well, and it's your dad's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you said, you know, two years ago, to 2019, you had no idea, you know, what was coming mm-hmm. in the coming two years. And then then last year's Christmas was mm-hmm. very tainted. You know, it was yeah. colored by this experience and not the Christmas anybody ever wants or dreams about. And then you go into the season thinking okay, we're going to get together. I'm going to see my family. There'll be tears. You know, we're going to reminisce, but I'm going to get to see them. And you don't. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, running a business that you've taken over from your dad, you're now literally being slapped in the face, it sounds like daily, with the fact that COVID is still interrupting your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that had to do with one of the reasons that my brother and I were saying we're so angry. Like, we're just like, I am just so tired of this being a topic of conversation. I'm so tired of of it being something that has to be considered. But I know everybody is. We just, like, myself and my family just have a little bit more extreme of an experience with what has happened to the world in yeah. the past two years. I mean, it's in right in your face. Yeah. You know, the, like you said, there's a degree that people, I think, are on the spectrum of how much COVID has interrupted their lives, mm-hmm. right? We've all been impacted, but to what degree? Yeah. And your family has been to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have never been um, a person that has had anxiety or had moments of um, of de- depression, I guess. I, I don't know, but definitely during these, these two years, I am experiencing a whirlwind of emotions that I didn't know I had and they're not positive ones. So I've like, I'm just trying to learn to cope in grief and take care of myself. And that's, that's hard to do when I was 
when I already knew how to take care of myself and I, up until I was 31. Yeah. And then your whole world got flipped upside down. Yeah. And you have to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So a week ago, when your mom is asking you, what do you want to do about the holidays? What I'm hearing under all of that is something you just said a couple minutes ago was, I all the decisions. It didn't take away the decision-making. And it sounds like what you were asking for was, I'm tired of making decisions. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That's like spot on. I, I, the conversation my mom and I were having about like, what are we going to do about a family dinner? It like, all I don't sudden, fucking care. <laughs> it all of a sudden became, became my decision. And that's what I told my mom. I was like, wait, so what we do for family dinner is my decision? Uh, like, I I don't I don't know. You're like I don't wa- I don't, don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. Like, yeah. and, right. And then people looking from the outside in be like, that's not that big of a deal, Brooke. Like, what? Just mm-hmm. say what you want for dinner. And you're like, you, you know, you don't get the amount of decisions I've had to make <laughs> in the last year of my life for decisions I don't ever wish upon anybody right. to have to make. You mm-hmm. you had to make the decision to take your father off machines that were keeping him alive. Mm-hmm. No child ever. I mean. We all know that our parents will one day leave this earth, right? Unless mm-hmm. we become immortal, which will probably never happen in our lifetime, nor should it. <laughs> so, but we like no one wants to make those choices, whether or not we know we're going to have to do them. Mm-hmm. And you do them at such a young age, unexpectedly, during the holidays, during a heightened pandemic, when we're all already losing our fucking minds. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I can, and then like you said, estates, houses, business. A wedding. A we wedding. Got, we got you got married. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. Where to get married? What's to do about getting married? A wedding dress. You're by the time the holidays come here, you're probably like, you know what? I actually don't yeah. want anyone to need me for anything. Yeah. My entire life for the past year and a half, two years has been, please make this decision. And I just couldn't make one more decision. And in in my mom and I had a very like open, honest conversation. It was emotional. You know, she's my mom. She wants to make sure that I'm okay and when your um, mom is so sweet. Yeah. She's yeah, sweet she's mom. The best. Um and and the thing that that she told me, which I guess now will kind of be what I hear repeat in my head for the next few weeks, the next couple of months as I'm going through more decision making of moving and uh, buying a house and things like that is um, is is in response to me breaking down and saying I can't come home. She just said you're the only thing that matters. Meaning, like, you have to make decisions for your own health. Like, don't let other people's expectations lead what you feel like you have to do. Do what you need to do for yourself. And and, and she was like, of course I'm going to be sad that you're not here for, for Christmas, but also... I'm sad knowing you feel this way. So take care of yourself. And that was like, it's it's hard to say that to a family member that like you don't want to see them or that it's going to be difficult to see them or to spend time with the family. But like her reaction was exactly what I needed. I'm so glad. Yeah. And like you said a little while ago, these expectations of a family member, right? That right. I'm the daughter, I'm the child, whatever. I'm supposed to come home for Christmas. I'm supposed to go to mom's. Mm-hmm. The family will be there that we can see. I guess this is just a formality of things that I'm supposed to do, right? Right. right. And the fact that you've, it sounds like whether it was the boiled over, 
you reached a point, whatever it was, something in you was like, no, you know what? Like, I'm not doing that mm-hmm. anymore. And your mom had the best reaction, mm-hmm. the best reaction we could have asked for instead of her guilting you or making it worse, right? Because you already, it was hard enough right. for you to say that. Mm-hmm. She supported right. it. She's like, you know what? I'd rather you take care of yourself and know that you're okay where you are than have you come here and it make it worse. Right. Yeah. She was like, I wish I would have known this sooner. Like if you had any any inkling of anxiety surrounding Christmas, like just tell me as soon as you feel it. Not Christmas, but any time. Just tell me as soon as you feel it and I'll like we'll we'll work around yeah. it. Because at the end of the day, you know, and this is not to discount the value that holidays hold for people and traditions, but it's it's Christmas. You can see your family. You can do a tradition another time. Mm-hmm. It, if you need what you need, and just because it happens to be December 24th, like, you don't have to go home. Right. And yeah. I think there's this huge movement of that in our, in our generation now of young people not doing these formalities anymore just for the sake of formalities because a lot of people don't enjoy being around their family. It stresses them out. God, the amount of therapy memes I've seen on the internet that say, I really hope the last week has not undone my year of therapy of being around my family, right? Uh Like, and that's sad. It's sad that that's a reality for many people. And you're not saying that going home would have undone anything. It's just that Mm -hmm. for you going home at that time, it happened to be the holidays. It happened to be with everything else going on in your life. It, it, you didn't need to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, I hadn't bought any presents for anybody. I was like, this is literally the last thing on my mind right now. I just like, I just can't, I can't do it. How did that feel for you to be at home on Christmas? I, um, at your home, let me rephrase that to get what you felt like you had needed. Right. It just felt like any other day, which is what I, I said at the beginning is I just can't wait for my days to feel like any other day and to not make a decision or to not have something uh, chaotic happen. Um, And it just felt like any other day. I didn't put on Christmas music. I didn't watch any Hallmark movies. I like, I didn't do and I didn't do one thing that was Christmas related. I took my dog on a couple walks, packed up the apartment. I listened to music. I drank some wine. Hell yeah. It was great. (laughs) <laughs> that's what you yeah. needed uh-huh yeah. yeah christmas means so many different things to so many people and there should be no shame or judgment in people that just want it to be a day mm-hmm. and need it to be a day right and and it also it also it comes at kind of the beginning of the time when my husband and i are starting to try and figure out what our own traditions are going to be and neither one of us are um are are religious or spiritual so the tradition of christmas is is truly just kind of like a, like a hallmark tradition something that we want to um include in our lives cuz it's fun to do but uh but like once the fun is taken out for me it's like what's the point like if this isn't fun then i don't like what's what's the point? I don't have any other connection to this holiday, so yeah. I'm. I shouldn't be doing this just for the sake of doing this. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, it needs to be fun. This is, that's how I feel about. I don't. I don't envy anybody who has like divorced or separated parents and have married into that, so they have to go to like four Christmases. Mm, yeah. I don't. Mm-mm. How yeah. is that fun? Yeah. Uh, unless it's fun, which yeah. is by all means great, but yeah. I don't think that's fun. I do have to say that. I mean, growing up, my parents were divorced, and we had we had a great 
Christmas. I love that. Uh, routine Good. and um, and experience. Like, Christmases growing up were fabulous. Yeah. So, That's nice. I'm yeah. glad to hear that because I mm-hmm. hear so many other horror stories from people, right? That they're like, I was in the car for 12 hours on Christmas. I'm like, that sounds miserable. No. I mean, my, my parents made raising me and my brother the number one priority. So, they... they I, I assume at some point it was a conscious decision. They live five minutes down the road from each I other. I love that. And, and they were close. So, like, uh, like as friends, they the were The best close. case scenario so, you can yeah. ask for. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How are you today? I'm good today. Yeah. Today in this day? Yeah. I'm good. We'll see how I feel next Saturday, packing up and... Yeah. moving but i think I'll, i think i will continue to be good like christmas was this big looming thing that was sitting in front of me and kind of like blocking me from moving forward i mean i'm going to have some some other hurdles to jump over here in january when like the year anniversary of my dad's death comes up but like right now i'm feeling good i feel like i'm kind of i've got a few weeks maybe two and a half weeks of just kind of clarity and just getting through it (laughs) and just being right you have some decisions to make but Mm -hmm. not a ton right it's just it's work and what am i going to eat for breakfast and go (laughs) like you know the normal things there you go yeah (laughs) i know you had mentioned that you know there's been so much chaos that maybe doing things for yourself hasn't come as naturally over the last couple of years but maybe share with us what had you been doing that you know worked what are you hoping to start doing in the new year when you get settled in the new place to take care of yourself yeah so right when my dad died i don't know if um i don't know if this is like a personality trait the older i get the more i'm kind of like into um like star signs and stuff. And I feel like I'm very much a Virgo. Um, Well, I mean, I am a Virgo, but I like, I feel like I'm very much in that category. Um, And so like when my dad, when my dad died, I was like regimented on how to approach what the next few months of my life were going to be like. And that control too, right? Yeah. And that control help helps me a lot in, in situations. So I, got a grief counselor. Check. Yep. Got a grief counselor. Did that for um, about seven months. I got a um, nutritionist and a trainer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she was fabulous and did that for about six or seven months leading up to um, the wedding. And I am fully educated about all things nutrition (laughs) and working out now. And I feel like I am fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the, um, the part-time upholstery job that I had, I really need some sort of creative outlet. And even though that was a part-time job, I always treated it like a hobby. Like I never put any stress on it. The women that uh, run this business are really phenomenal. And, um, and just like, great gals to chat with and to hang out with yeah, and we'll it, have to share their info in the show notes yeah yeah, yeah. No, we can definitely do that yeah um yeah their uh company is called parallel, parallel. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah and so that really helped having a creative outlet outlet that had no stress attached the women running it were just great and also didn't 
as business owners ever put any stress on me as like a part-time worker coming in a few hours a week just to like cut patterns and sew pillows and like tear apart furniture and stuff like that. It was, it was like, get some independence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's some great. independence there. And um, yeah, so those are probably the three things that I did to help myself this year going to Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just, Get to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Is that like, Get know. there. Yeah. And then we'll see. TBD. To be determined. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I'm in a much better place now, um, obviously, than I was like at this time last year. And I feel able to cope and move on. Um, and knowing that I have the support of my family and the ears of my family, like they listen and they understand and they absorb information. Mm -hmm. Um, And so being able to vocalize when I'm, when I've hit a wall, because it's going to happen. Like that's one of the things of, of grief. And I think just of like stress in general, but like there are going to be times I'm going to have some low lows. And so I've got, I feel like I've got the tools in the support system to get me through it now. I love that. Mm-hmm. And you'll have us too. Yeah. Even though you won't live down the street anymore. Right. Yeah. Still have us. Yep. And I'll have to come visit you in Pittsburgh. Yes, please do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Recap for us the words that you shared a little while ago that your mom said to you that you feel like are now words that you will live by. Yeah. Um, she she told me that... Um, you're you're the most important thing. Never lose sight of yourself or what you need in order to be happy. I love that. Yeah. That's so important. And I think it it truly just aligns with what I'm hoping other people are seeing as the message that we're getting nowadays is stop doing stuff just for the sake of doing mm-hmm. it for other people to make them happy at the expense of yourself even, right. right? Maybe not just for the sake of, but at the expense of your sanity mm-hmm. and happiness and stress levels because at, in the end, then that's not worth it. Right. It's not making anybody really very happy. And so it sounds like your mom, you know, what an amazing relationship to have as a young adult when you grow in that relationship with a parent for them to recognize that, oh, like you need to put yourself first from now on. Right, yeah. And I mean, you know, she's she's a mom. I'm super close with my mom. And so- I I can't I mean I am not a mom so I can't imagine what it's like but she's had to watch both of her kids go through this mm-hmm. insane roller coaster of a year so I she's I think she's just happy when we vocalize and she's like great now I know <laughs> take care of yourself <laughs> I don't have to read your mind thank yeah. goodness yeah <laughs> yes yeah well Brooke I I say this anytime someone's a member of this club that we don't wish upon anybody, but Mm -hmm. if there's any other person that I'm glad to be in it with, it's you. And I'm glad that you have become such a big part of our friend group and, you know, that I get to empathize with you in these feelings and get to be there for you because it's not a journey anyone should be on by themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, We're really going to miss you when you move. Yeah, I'm going to miss you all too, but I'm very happy to have established yeah. these relationships and and know that I've got them moving forward. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. And we'll be here and then we get, now we have a new place to go visit, so I'll, I'll take it. Yes. Yes. Yep. Anything else you want to say before I let us both stop crying into this mic? <laughs> 
Um, Jasmine has been just the perfect <laughs> little support dog. During I this wish whole y'all thing. could have seen this. She <laughs> is. Um, she is my. She's absolutely. We joke about this quite a bit. If anybody follows me on social media or has seen Jasmine, I joke quite a bit whether she's my emotional support animal or if I'm her emotional support animal. Um, because she always knows when someone is upset. And particularly like the women in our circle, she knows when we're upset and she comes and lays with you. And so she made it very clear that when Brooke was upset, she's like, I have to go sit on Brooke's lap. And she would not take no for an answer. Yeah, she's been sitting on my lap for the past 20 minutes. She's so funny. And Brooke has our new I've Been Better pillow. Yes. Yes. It's very comfy. It's we got it as a Christmas gift from a previous guest. And we're very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, thank you, Brooke, so much for feeling like you could be vulnerable and for coming on this show and for taking care of yourself and putting yourself first. And I think that's a message that I want to carry for everybody in 2022 is please take care of yourself today and beyond today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and follow us on social media at I've Been Better.pod.